Welcome to the Event Tech Podcast, where we explore the ever-evolving world of event technology every week. This show is brought to you by Endless Events, the event management company on the cutting edge of trends. Now, let's talk tech. And welcome back to another episode of the Event Tech Podcast. That man over there is the disgusting Brant Kruger of Event Technology Consulting. I suppose it is approaching Halloween as that gentleman over there is the colorful Will Kerr. I, would I could have like, gone spooky, but I was prepared with colorful. Sorry. Oh, spooky! Spooky was spooky is a good one too. I was going to say spooky that. Wilker and the shady when, Wilker. When you did Halloween like costumes, were you like more of like a, I'm going to go like full horror, or were you more like I'm going to be cute? You know, young young Brant, there was a lot of cute because my mom was involved, right? <laughs> so there's like you know cats and and hobos and all that kind of stuff <laughs> that you would do, you know. Back in the day. But then, you know, my brother and I started making our own costumes. So we would do like, for some reason, I was always like covered up. So like, like I, we did build a robot out of cardboard and I would be, in, I was inside the robot. And then my brother was like the mad scientist who <laughs> built the robot. So like he was just wearing like a lab coat and glasses. But I was like in this like cardboard. Cardboard box. Mess. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. I can yeah. I can totally imagine you being a robot for sure. I yeah. mean, I but I, I could like push open my... the the bottom and then you could like pour the candy in my chute and I oh. would just get the candy in. My... And did you like? And you had like a little box inside the box that held it. Yeah, or, like, yeah, yeah. Oh exactly. wow, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah, I, but um, my like claim to fame is uh, I was Bar Bar the elephant when I was a really young kid. My mom like custom made it like huge elephant. I would like whack. I would like turn around and whack people in the face on accident and, but yeah. <laughs> but then I learned I think in middle school I dressed up as like a as a Jason and I got like you know I was covered in fake blood and dirt and I looked like really cool like crazy dirt but then like no no girl wants to like slow dance with that <laughs> my my best one and then I know and then we can start the show uh, but my best one my best one uh was Silent Bob from oh the, my uh, gosh Kevin Smith movies yeah that, yeah yeah so you I, totally would, are. I had the hat on a hat on backwards with like I had a wig so I had kind of the mullet hair going oh my on gosh. Um, and I dyed my beard black so that it no matched the wig. No and then way. I stuffed stuffed my shirt a little bit to be a little bit bigger. And then I had the oh trench coat, the whole nine yards. What? And my, my wife and I were just dating, I think, still. And uh, we went to a party with a bunch of her work friends. And they literally thought I was him. Like, <laughs> you... <laughs> they're like, wait, is that? Wait, is that? Because I didn't say a word all night. Like I didn't. I didn't like. All, and finally, like like I midnight, it. I finally like started breaking character, and I would put on my glasses, and then I was Kevin Smith, and then I would take the glasses off, and I'd go back to being Silent Bob. But that's awesome. to, to this day, definitely best costume wow. ever that I've done. I feel like either you've told me that story, or I've just literally always thought you look like Silent, like uh, Kevin Smith, so many times that I just never said anything though. <laughs> Both are equally likely. <laughs> Both are equally likely. Um, well, l what are we talking about today? Um, today's topic, uh, we kind of want to talk about like a common thing, I think, in event technology and events in general, which is this idea does, can you survive with an event with a one-man show or do you need multiple people to do things? So the the way this kind of like topic kind of came up in my mind is that, you know, uh, we had this, um, you know, video show for a while called the AV Audit and then until the point where we reviewed so many AV quotes that we had basically done everything. And if you're a longtime listener to the show, you know that we've even done the AV Audit on the Event Tech Podcast. But one common thing I would always see on a lot of AV quotes 
was the the AV company saying, oh, you know what? To save money and to get in budget, which labor is always the most expensive thing, let's just put one guy. He'll run the audio and the video. And then you know what? There's a little bit of lighting. He'll run that too. Um, and I just saw it so common. And I always had this methodology of like, you know, we should probably have at least have an audio and a lighting guy. So I wanted to kind of just start that a little bit of that, open that conversation and that, and kind of bring it in there. So relevant to it's technology. good timing yeah it's good timing it's good it's worth talking about because as we're seeing across the industry right now there is a tremendous um there was there was a tremendous talent suck that happened over the course of this last <laughs> these last 18 months there's a shortage in 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 people in 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 all aspects of of hospitality catering um hotels audiovisual is included in that as well and so the av industry whether that's your uh, in-house hotel, uh, AV, or even third-party production companies are a lot of them are struggling to have to be fully staffed up as we start to reincorporate in-person audiences into our event strategies. So it's it, it's it's a good time to have this conversation uh, for for many reasons, including that one. Totally, totally, and uh, you know I think what's always um, you know been kind of interesting too is that if you look on like LinkedIn, I think at the like beginning maybe middle like maybe like q4 of 2020 you saw all these like pictures of people who are like look at all the screens i have and they have like 10 laptops open in front of them they're like they got their show flow they're in a zoom call for the background comms and you know they're running the presentation they're also running the camera switching and you know they're also obviously running audio and you know it was it was pretty interesting that I think that that got celebrated a lot. You know, a I think people are just happy, obviously, to be at work and be keeping busy and things like that. But you know, I'm worried that maybe this idea of like the one person to do everything because could also start like reeling into in-person events again and things like that because people are so used to this idea of being at home and you have this quiet space where you have all these monitors and you can just kind of run everything yourself. It has. I can tell you, it absolutely has. So you know, just this last weekend. Um, and this, and we can we can expand on this a little bit more. But I, I basically volunteered for my wife's state association that she works with, and um, uh, to do the live stream for their event. And that was all I was going to do was just handle the live stream. But once we got on site, um, there there really wasn't any AV support. So we were getting some gear from the from the venue, um, you know, mixer, four wireless mics, uh, you know. Uh, all passed into the house sound, the house, you know, house projector. And basically the guy like came up and was like, uh, so it's, it's, uh, it's all set. And there's a, there's a tub there that's got the handhelds and the lavs, uh, there. Uh, let me know if you need anything and disappeared. Oh, geez. And they're so, so short staffed, say that five times fast, <laughs> that, um, uh, that we, you know, we barely saw the guy. All weekend, you know, we were there two full days. Um, he would maybe check in once a day. Now we had a phone number that we could call in case of emergency, but you know how it goes. You know, by the time you call, and you know whatever it was that you were trying to fix, is we've probably moved on, right? So if you're trying mm -hmm. to bring in a remote presenter, which is what we were doing, um, or somebody's having mic problems or something like that, you know, chances are by the time you get the person down there, whatever it was that needed to be fixed at that moment is past yeah, like it's, it's totally. gone on so i wound up being the one guy oh, so wow. all i was there to do was to be the live stream person but i wound up running sound and helping people getting mic'd up oh, wow. and you know running all the presentations and then then you've got the people running up with, oh i changed something on my powerpoint so i'm, I'm running powerpoint i'm loading powerpoints oh. at the last minute i'm playing back video i'm you know i'm literally running everything and we talked about this in the episode of scope creep where you know 
in our desire to do a good job, we just start taking on more and more and more and more and more. But in this instance, there was literally nobody else that could do like the association people were like, is there anything we can do to help? Because they saw me, you know, just octopus arming this, you know, this setup. And I'm just like, no. Not really, you know, it's, you know, because I, it's not even, not even like, you know, we're running the PowerPoints off of a perfect queue. So it's like, it's not even like they could really be advancing the PowerPoints or anything. Oh, wow. wow. So speaking from experience, the answer, my wholehearted answer is no, it shouldn't be one person. <laughs> it should never be one person. And, you know, obviously I think it depends on the show. It's going to depend on the show, uh, you know, what's going on. But, you know, there's no such thing as a simple show anymore. I mean, mm. this show, as far as they were concerned, was dead simple. But when you start talking about all the various things that go into making even a simple show these days, you know, multiple wireless mics, uh, you know, two of which are handhelds that are roaming around in the back, like, wait, which is that number five or is that number six? Um, <laughs> you know, video switching, video playback, bringing in remote presenters. Um, this stuff is commonplace now. Mm -hmm. It's like, I can't say there was anything that they asked me to do that was like, you know, that that, that was above and beyond what a small... Uh, you know, not even a small, I mean, this was a state association annual session, um, wow. uh, you know, show is, was asking. So long answer to the short or short answer, long answer to the long to the short question <laughs> of, of, of this one person uh, doing it. I can say from experience, it's very, very challenging, even with someone that has a lot of experience like myself. Yeah, and I, I was going to say, this is probably going to get way worse, too, because, like, before it was, you know, I think the common scenario was, oh, I have a small, you know, gen, I don't even call it a gen session. I have one single session with, you know, need some speakers, microphones, yeah, like, have PowerPoint switching, and, but yeah, we'll throw one AV technician. But now, you're at least on live stream on top of it, and then they just assume, like, well, that's the AV thing, they'll do that as well, but... I think really common, too, that we have to start to think about is that, like, you know, we talk in hybrid about how we want to kind of treat these audiences and give them different levels of, of show and things like that. You know, if you're planning on live streaming your event, there's no way you want to have the exact same thing on live stream as you're going to have in the room. Um, and there's no way that the sound in the room is going to be the same as the live stream. You know, I think there's just so many cases where we're just we're trying to do too much with it and i get it right it's budget that's the number one reason why people do it people don't do us because they're like yeah i don't think uh av guys we don't think we need as many av guys i don't like looking at those AV, three just, three av guys in the just, back <laughs> you know they but, smell funny i don't <laughs> want too many more of those yeah you know and i i think most people if they you know had the budget they would say yeah let's definitely do it but with how expensive av engineers are you know like if you talk a t you know a load in plus a load out you're only talking at least a thousand bucks per person and, you know, you, you do that times, you know, three guys for some of these smaller events, 10,000, 15,000 RAV budgets. Boom. Like one dude is equal to was math hard. One fifth of your budget. Right. <laughs> and so um, I think that it's, you know, I think the thing is that we have to remember is just like, yeah, in order to do the good quality work, we need to increase these budgets and look at uh, those sort of things. Well, or, you know, at minimum too, like, hey, maybe there's a way that we can, you know, simplify things. I don't know. I just, I'm just, I'm just so sick. I was just so sick of like trying to like, and granted, like, you know, when, we're, when you're competing against like a smaller production event, you're penny pinching everything like crazy. But like, I just used to be like, look, if you want to have one single guy do this, I can tell you for sure. Look, if you don't want to go with me because I'm more expensive, whereas that's totally cool. But I'll give you one piece of advice. Do not have one, two guys do it or to, don't have one guy do it because I, for sure, no, that's the quickest way to failure. Even if the show is totally simple, all it takes is one mic to feedback, 
while he's loading in a presentation and he's like, oh God, and I got, okay, audio mode. Oh, okay, what's ringing back? Okay, it's this microphone. You know, you're not going to get that quick response time that you're going to get on here. Um, and I think that's just like, it always just feels like it's, that's a, a very, very common thing. Now, let, maybe, now let's talk about this a little bit. Everyone's like, okay, well, I never have one guy do everything. But let's talk about like skimping on some specific roles too, like, right? So for example, I, I mentioned maybe combining the video guy who's loading the presentations with the guy who's also switching the live stream. That might not be a great idea, but also too, sometimes, you know, one, one role I see commonly get mixed up too is the audio guy, sometimes being the same person who's doing the control audio in the room, is also the guy miking everybody up, right? And as you mentioned, like, I don't know how the heck you'd pull that show off. Miking people up, loading a presentation, and doing the live stream, like, you were basically Bob dylan it up, like, over there playing the harmonica while playing the guitar while also playing the piano somehow <laughs> and drums, you know? Um, but it, I think it's just crazy sometimes how we, we just combine these roles that, that seem like, oh, yeah, like, the audio guy, he can just mic everybody up. But in reality, it's like you just get such a better show when you give the care and intention and focus into it. It is, and it's 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 you know uh, it's, we haven't really had the full postcon on this, but one of the things that I'm going to talk about is is I think you guys have outgrown that venue. Like if they're going to be hands off, um, you know, when it comes to AV, and I said, what you know, what did you do before? And they were like, well, they just had everything set up, and we would just turn the mics on and off, like literally on the switch uh, wow. at the at the mic. And I was like, well, what happened if you ran out of batteries or something like that? Well, we'd call the guy, and you know, he'd come to. So like that was the most that it would happen. But even you know, again, things have gotten more complicated than I think many people realize. That as soon as you know, because we've spent the last eighteen months on a Zoom call, mm-hmm. and I experienced this in both of my last really three out of three of my last three shows, um, people just assume that's easy to do anywhere. And as mm-hmm. soon as you, and I, what I, the way that I kind of tried to describe it is, yeah, it's easy to do a Zoom call from your office. It's much harder. As soon as professional level AV equipment get involved, it becomes more complicated to beam in a presenter from another, uh, you know, another location. Not in any way, shape, or form like, like difficult. It's just more complicated. And so, you know, being, you have to be able to do what's called a mix minus. So jargon jail, copyright 2014, (laughs) John Federico, mix minus, you're sending them the mix, right? All of the microphones in the room minus themselves so that they don't hear any feedback or anything like that. Um, So, but that takes forethought. It takes knowledge. You have to think about how you're routing your audio in order to be able to do that. Um, the, you know, you talked about the, the switching in the room, about not wanting to send the same thing that you're sending in the room to the live stream. So I actually had two switchers. So I had the switcher that was running. So I had one ATEM mini switcher that was running just the presentations. So I could flip back and forth between like logo loop and, you know, the, the PowerPoints uh, computers, and then eventually the remote presenter computer. Um, And then that was split, sending one of the signals to the projector in the room, sending the other signal to the second switcher, um, and then I was able to then take the camera footage and do picture in picture and stuff like that with the camera and the presentations. Um, and that's then what got sent out to the live feed. So I had two switchers to be able to do that. And that's something that sounds very easy to do, but it's just more buttons to push, right? So, it, you know, just more more octopus arms of like being able to, now there's ways to automate that and things like that, but, you know, mostly I was figuring it out on the fly. Which is well, why it's important to do these kinds of things sometimes. <laughs> and I'd say, too, it takes, like, specialization to be able to do this. So I think that, you know, probably everyone listening so far is like, yeah, I would never have one guy do this. Or I, I know, I'm on board. I need multiple people. Um, let's maybe talk a little bit about 
what sort of roles we think that need to not be combined that commonly do. And also, too, how do you determine when your show is enough or not enough? How do you know you're overstaffed and understaffed? But before we do that, um, I know a team of people who staff their events really, really well. And what? kick a do a kick-ass job supporting their events what? 100%. And I know for certain that they are absolutely oh, awesome to work with. Uh, <laughs> so I'm all punny today. But I, I want to talk a little bit about um, one of our supporters of the Event Tech Podcast, um, a, an amazing company called Certain. And you actually have a little bit of experience with Certain from I many years. couldn't be happier to be bringing Certain on as one of the, uh, one of the first uh, sponsors of the Event Tech Podcast. I've got a long time. I've known about these guys for a long time, uh, going back probably a decade. Uh, I used to work with a guy that, that, that now works for Certain uh, back in the day. And so I'm, I've been very familiar with them from, from day one. And so I am super excited uh, to have them on as a sponsor of the Event Tech Podcast, and especially to talk about their Touchpoint Stream. So uh, Touchpoint Stream, for those of you who don't know, it's, a, it's like a flexible insight-driven platform, right? That's what I loved about certain. They're, they're like they're really good at getting their fingers into all of the data. Um, and you're going to be able to use that for a unified attendee experience anytime, anywhere. That way, you're going to wind up with a highly engaging and interactive event. So Touchpoint Stream, it's, it's truly interactive with hybrid virtual event solution. Unlike any other platforms that require integrations with third-party vendors or webinars, meetings, uh, event websites, mobile apps, engagement, data management, Stream is going to offer both event hosts and attendees a single solution for their multi-session virtual and hybrid events. I mean, how many times, Will, have we seen these multiple session events just go horribly wrong? <laughs> Terrible. I've experienced some of that recently in my own events as well. So being able to have multi-session virtual and hybrid events is huge. Also, by capturing attendee engagement through live polling, surveys, chats, gamification, discussion boards, Stream is going to transform that data into a tailored attorney attendee journey, attorney journey, an attorney journey, <laughs> if your events journey. for attorneys. <laughs> Businesses can utilize those insights to then measure event success and inform future event and marketing decisions. Don't just dream it, stream it. So we thank Certain so much for their support of the Event Tech Podcast. Absolutely. And I, I'd say I, I, you know, I got an experience working with them quite a bit and they definitely, they take this stuff seriously. So if you're feeling like what you've been doing feels a little stale or feels a little bit like, Hey, I feel like I can do better. Definitely check out certain you want to head over to the website, certain.com and just get a demo, just get a demo. That's probably all that we're asking. If you don't, if you haven't seen it, if you haven't experienced it, at least go get a demo so you can at least see what that next level looks like for your events, I promise that you will not be disappointed. Um, so yeah, um, speaking of uh, making sure that your events are a success and don't get disappointed, uh, we, we want to talk a little bit about, um, you know, okay, how do I know when my event needs more people and what are some common fallacies of combining roles together? So um, I'll, I'll jump right on in. Let's talk maybe about roles that commonly come in and then how do you know when you need it? Or maybe we'll mix it all in kind of all together. But uh, I'll start with the most common one that I see is A, obviously don't ever do the audio and video guy together. I think 
at least do an audio and a video guy separate minimum. But one thing I think that I see very commonly happen is when's the need for what's called an A2 or an audio technician versus an audio engineer, an A1. Um, your A1 is usually the one who is like using your audio board. They're the one mixing the room audio in the room. They're the ones who are, you know, uh, making playing back sometimes like the music and the walk on walk off music. They're the ones who are, you know, muting and unmuting the microphones from the board. Um, and then your A2 is your audio technician. They're kind of like a little roamer. A lot of times, you know, we put them on wireless communication systems and headsets. So then that way they they literally if there's someone's like oh yeah we're hearing a little bit of feedback you know they can kind of go up get closer to the speaker uh someone needs to get mic'd up they don't have to always come to the back of the room to get mic'd, they get mic'd up backstage for example or you know in the case where there's a presenter who's missing and they're about to go they can sometimes also act as a little bit of a runner and just go run and go grab that person as well so that's a common role i see very much always get take like kind of get like forgotten a little bit but especially now with live streams Sometimes this audio engineer who's going to be in the room is also going to potentially be listening to live stream audio as well. There is capabilities to run them both using mix minuses, um, <laughs> woo, layering things on, to be, allow them to control both. In fact, we've done some small live streams before where our audio engineer manages the live stream audio and also manages the room audio as well. It takes a really talented person to be able to do that, but I would never be able to do that if it wasn't for having a second audio engineer to mic people up and things like that. So, yeah, that's probably, I'll, I'll kick it off on that one. And, and yeah, go ahead. Yeah, well, I think there's I think there's three factors that fit. By the way, the A two, as far as I'm concerned, is one of the most undervalued, underrated positions of 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 the production team. Like I think I think it is an enormously important position. Mm -hmm. But the three factors that I would weigh on whether or not you need one would be one the the schedule, the agenda, right? Mm -hmm. So if you've got a break and then a keynote presenter. You know, or or you know, maybe two people that are mic'd up. You know, they go back to back, and then you take another break, and then you get everybody mic'd up, and then there's a panel, and then there's another break. So, like, if if there's literally, you know, plenty of time to get people mic'd up for each session, you might not need that A two mm -hmm. uh, size of the room. <laughs> you know, so have the size of the room. If you know whether or not you're going to need someone backstage to make sure that the mics are turned on to help them get mic'd up backstage, and then three would be just the overall professionalism of the event. So it may be a very small event, it may be a very small room, but just having that person on staff who is the last person that the that the speaker is going to see and talk to, and that by the way is why I think it's an under undervalued and underappreciated thing is that that's the person that's usually the last person to talk to that presenter. So having mm -hmm someone solid in that position that's going to help that person stay positive, get excited, be ready to go and not be a grump that, you know, mm -hmm. that, you know, that uh, is or a jerk, <laughs> which I've literally fired an A2 off a show because they, yeah, you know, that, they were, yeah, just, they were a such a bad person. <laughs> yeah, such a bad, bad last person to be seeing <laughs> on the way on the way up to the stage. So I think those are the three factors on whether or not and then you throw in a great point, which I think is going to be an overarching one of the live stream. So now adding in the live stream, that's someone who could potentially be monitoring that. So I literally, mm -hmm. in my one-man show, I had every now and then I'd grab the headphones and just check out to make sure that I have the, that the live stream was coming in clearly um, and and loudly, you know, for everybody. Totally. And 
yeah, I think speaking about monitoring the live stream, um, you know, obviously it depends on how large your audience is and everything like that. But I think sometimes just having someone dedicated to that piece. I mean, you, you as a planner, if you're a planner listening to this right now, it's probably very common that you're, you're, you're occasionally going and checking, you know, the event app every once in a while. But really, you need someone who's going to like have the chat open, who's going to be watching it constantly, almost like sitting in that place, but also has communication directly with everybody else. So, for example, um, we've all seen in the chat where someone in the chat goes, oh, I, I can't hear anything. Audio audio has gone out. Right. And the the worst thing that can ever happen. And this is like I think happens when there's not, you know, a, a good communication. It's less, I think, to do with multiple people. But is that all of a sudden, you know, it's going to take a delay before someone uh, eventually set, sees that. And then they're going to be like, oh, well, I need to tell the AV company. And we're hearing it 30, 60 seconds panic, later. Panic, panic, panic. And panic, panic's panic. happening, panic's happening. And the worst is when it's not actually our fault or the the production company's fault or the your live stream's fault or whatever it is. And then you're like, everything's fine on our end. But you wouldn't know that unless you had that separate person monitoring it. The worst thing that can happen is if you had a one-man show, it's like, wait, the audio's not working. Okay, let me like switch to that page and do all these things. And you know, I think it can create a lot of panic on there. But I think so having someone on your team who can monitor it, who can confidently be like, nope, everything's fine on our end. Ignore, like, it's there on their end. They need to, you know, plug in their headphones or your yeah, AirPods yeah, yeah. died or whatever it is, right? Um, Anytime I, there's an online component, it's great to have someone in your pocket that, like, is off-site acting as an attendee and mm -hmm. and just sit, sitting there watching it, monitoring it, make sure it's running from, from their end. So just that you've but, got but that, with that comms, third party. Like, with the headsets yeah. on, being able to yes, talk to Yes, with a way to get in touch with them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, okay, let's talk about like other like commonly um, run roles that kind of like blur together. Um, so I think if you're if you're doing a presentation heavy, you know, event, especially one that you are not getting the presentations ahead of time, you're getting them like literally the presenters hum. Hey, here's my flash of my presentation. I think the like graphics operator separate from the person who's doing the switching and running of the video is also a very common role that you need now especially you know i i think with how important it is to have such a great presentation you know i i found that sometimes it allows the per the video person who's doing switching and camera calling and things like that just to stay focused in there and they know that hey when i go to the graphics when that new presenter comes up someone's made sure that presentation's loaded up and rocking and rolling what, what do you think about that one it's always all about complexity, right? So so if you've got multiple cameras, that's maybe another reason why that person shouldn't be also doing graphics. You know, so if they're cutting multiple cameras and, you know, multiple presentation laptops and there's a sponsored loop and there's video that needs to be played back, having that person then also be responsible for the, I changed three bullets on slide three, can you be, you know, fix that thing, uh, <laughs> starts to become much more difficult. And I think it's another one of those you know, when people come in the back and they see the, you know, the PowerPoint op, you know, just, just sitting there doing nothing compared to everyone else who's, who's been flying around punching buttons. That's another one of those roles that can be incredibly important because that person you want to be able to make those changes as quickly as possible, as as safely as possible to know when it's okay. Can you go to go to go to okay? We got to fix that. Okay, great. Go to presentation two. All right, check that. I'm going to make this change quick. All right, change back to presentation one, and they they're able to do those things on the fly quickly and safely. Mm -hmm. um, and then hopefully, if they're doing their job well, they are sitting around doing nothing uh, for the, the rest of the time. So once again, maybe that's someone who could keep an ear on the live stream from time to time, or just can you just check in on this, that, and the other, or you know those kinds of things. Cool. 
Um, so I, I'm wondering, I, I know we're mainly talking about like some audiovisual production uh, pieces. I want to kind of transition to event technology in general too, but I, I want to give a space. Is there any other like positions you think within the production kind of stage world that kind of commonly get entered into each other or mashed into each other that we need to be thinking about maybe having two separate people? I think because of this new added complexity that we're starting to add more live streams, add more presenters and things like that, it's going to mess with our staffing because again, it's all about complexity that, you know, really taking a good hard look at your show and knowing what that person's going to be responsible for and then saying, is that too much? Do we need to get Mm -hmm. another person? And this is going to go all the way down to our breakouts. So that, you know, we're used to only having, you know, we're used to be able to have, you know, okay, if there's eight breakouts, we'll have two floater techs. They go around and check everything. Well, we're already seeing, oh, by the way, we need to zoom in uh, someone who their their family member tested positive for COVID. They're not going to be able to make it. So we're going to zoom them in. You can do that, right? Yes, but we have to do the mix minus and we have to, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And so once again, people just assume because we've been doing it for 18 months that it's easy to do with zero to, you know, little notice. And so if that kind of stuff is going to continue to happen on a regular basis, um, you might need more than two breakout techs, you know, someone who can really be dedicated to that room to make sure that people are getting connected properly. Or if you're recording, you know, content or live streaming, if you're live streaming the breakouts, you probably want someone in that room making sure that the camera is being, you know, we ran into some issues on one of my events where the cameras were fixed. We didn't have camera operators and not all the presenters got that message. And so they wandered out of you know, out of frame. <laughs> and so, you know, when the time we got all the footage back, it's like, okay, there's an empty stage for a half an hour. You know, that's too bad. <laughs> and same thing on the event that I was just on. Like, even though we talked through it a hundred times, every now and then I would kind of sneak over to my wife and say, hey, you know, just remember you, did, you can only stay. We put tape lines on the stage. Like, here's where <laughs> you walk smart. out if you don't want to go. And so all of that stuff, we, you know, is, 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 is related to the staffing. So, you know, if nobody's there to tell you that you've walked out of frame... <laughs> You're just going to stay out of frame. And so we might need to reconsider all the way down to our breakout text. Once again, long answer to a short question. No, that's a great, great one. I think you brought up a good point too, like in a great, you know, question to ask, which, and I think that a lot of times when things kind of go wrong because, oh, we didn't really think of that, or we should have had a conversation about it, is because no one ever just asked a simple question. The simple question you asked was, hey, are you sure you're going to be able to do all this? And I think sometimes, you know, um, in a serve in in the desire to service the clients and things like that, we're just like, yeah, we'll do it. And like you said, it almost goes back again to the to the biophoric scope, scope creep episode <laughs> that we talk, literally just did. Is that like just giving the opportunity for there to be a conversation? And then here's the biggest thing from like a, a I guess you're say if you're a planner, reducing liability standpoint is if you have that conversation, that conversation is recorded, you know everything like that. You can say, hey, are you sure you're going to be able to do this? And then when things go wrong, you you don't have this like awkward conversation. Which to be honest. Every production company should fall on their, their their sword if they if they use this as an answer. But at least you're not getting to the point where it's after the event and said, "Well, yeah, you know, we really just should have one more person on it." You, you can know, say, will, you will. Yeah. You brought. You know, I, just, I just want to. You, you said something really important there, yeah. and so I want to make sure that we we emphasize this. That as we talk about this one man band, or you know, or you know, only having two people, or only having three people, or only having fifty people, the fewer people you have on site, the less you can throw at them at the last minute. Mm-hmm. So, or, and the more important these conversations have to happen, that there's there's literally only so much that any one individual person can do, and so the more 
The fewer people you have, the less capable they are of handling last-minute changes, last-minute adjustments, last-minute additions, and things like that. Yeah. And, and I'd say, too, like if it's in budget and you can do the additional staff, I think a good, you know, comp- any kind of company will admit when they overstaff, too. They'll come back and say, you know what? You said that you were going to have some crazy PowerPoint changes, so I, I added a you know PowerPoint designer there. They they literally they end up only making like three edits. To be honest, let's get rid of that for next year and let's put that budget towards something else. Like we would love to put it towards more equipment or your event app or whatever it is. But uh, I think that's the like the good honest conversation would happen. But you know I think far too often everyone's like, oh well, I don't want to overstaff. So you might overstaff for one year, but then if you have a good conversation, you won't have to overstaff for future years. Um, but yeah, like you said, the worst is when you come and like, oh, we need you to do this, and you're like, oh, I just can't on the two. But I've I've had some good conversations with clients before. They say like, we just have a chaotic program. It's a little crazy. We sometimes don't know exactly what we're doing when we show up. You know, we're gonna build a show flow, but it's gonna change. I think those kind of conversations when you say that, it's like, look, then let's just have it just in case, and let's not ax it um, where necessary. So. Um, and ask and ask the question: Is this going to be in too much for one person? I um, heard, you know, Alex Lindsay, who we've talked about on this show many a time. You know, is uh, you know he does Alex Lindsay's office hours. One of the OG live streamers. Um, he talks about his staff. He when, he when he plans out his staff, he plans for them at seventy five percent capacity. So whatever that position is capable of doing, whatever that person is capable of doing, he plans it out for seventy five percent. Might have even been fifty percent capacity because they know that stuff is going to pop up and. Basically, and that's the way they do it. So, like, if you're going to hire them, that's the way that they do it. And if you want fewer staff, the answer is going to be no. Totally, totally. Um, well, you might be thinking to yourself, okay, oh wow, this is all about production. Like, this is obvious. But like, how does this relate to event technology? Well, now that we're going to back to in-person events and hybrid events, we're going to start seeing a lot more staff on site, right? So, you know, commonly before, I think before the pandemic broke out, we you know you have registration, and I think people understand how to staff registration kind of in the in the right way and making sure they have enough people. But one thing I think that's going to be kind of missing is as we start to incorporate more and more event apps and more and more need for in virtual attendees to meet with in-person attendees and have that crossover and things like that is the support on site for the event technologies themselves, right? Somebody who's like, I'm trying to schedule, you know, host my, uh, my meeting with this XYZ virtual attendee. I can't get the video to work or whatever it is. I think that's an area it used to be just, we'll put one help desk with one person at it. And, you know, or I've seen this happen before. Oh, well, just like registration will help answer those questions as well. What are you seeing like, do you think in terms of staffing on site when it comes to, you know, one person trying to support all these amount of attendees? You're talking about the online attendees? Yeah. Uh, uh, well, let's talk about in-person attendees, but the, okay. uh, no, I think online is also a good one too. Yeah, there's a couple of different points there. And so, yeah, when, you know, we were already before pre-2020, we were starting to go down the road of more in-the-room experiences with event technology, including polling and, um, uh, you know, second screen experiences with, you know, being able to see the slides on your iPad and take notes and all that kind of stuff. And so it was always my opinion that that you needed a representative from your event app from your tech provider there on site to be able to field those questions just to be that white glove that can be the person at the registration area with a separate sign that says need help with the app come here and the same thing i think applies now to our our virtual platforms and our our online platforms our hybrid platforms you need that someone in the room or in the you know at the venue to help the folks out there and then 
just as you need staff in person to hold signs and say you're going to the buses, go that way, you know, all that kind of stuff, you need those people online. And so a lot of the chaos and misunderstanding that happens on the online events is just people not really being told what they need to do. Or they were told in an email, you know, one of 50 emails that they got leading up to the event and it was buried under bullet point five, you know, <laughs> that you're going to need to click out of this and go into that. And we need sign people. We need people from the organization, from the event app, from the platform, from the reg, to just help people get from point A to point B if you're going to be doing a lot of ducking in and out or adding in uh, engagement apps or networking apps or things like that. So really, you, you know, that's that's more staff too, right? So we're, we're in this really uncomfortable position where everybody is is so tight on staffing right now. And yet, if you're trying to do these things, it takes more staff. It take it's more complex, um, and I'll I'll leave it at that. I've got one kind of final point when we get to that when we get to that stuff. Yeah, but yeah. I want to make sure I leave some leave some room, <laughs> leave some yeah. air in the room for you to get your thoughts <laughs> out as well. Breathing, breathing. Um. So I, <laughs> I I definitely agree, and I think the biggest thing when it comes to this is like, you know. This one's a little bit more simple too, right? Like we're before in production, we're talking, oh, you might need an A2. You might need a v, like these specific roles that you might need duplication of. I think when it comes to the support, if someone's saying, hey, this is XYZ, good to go. If you think that your attendees are going to have any questions at all, if they're like not tech savvy or whatever, I think just plan on like, oh, you we usually have one guy at the help desk, do two. And the reason why I think that's helpful from a uh, event experience. And we talk about like, how do we create amazing event experiences? This is a simple way to literally make attendees feel more comfortable and get the questions answered, right? The last thing someone wants to do is show up at a help desk. Someone's getting helped because they, they have to be shown how the app works and how to click around or their, you know, their iPhone's blocking the settings in some way. And that person has to sit there for 20 minutes and do absolutely nothing waiting in line to get support. So consider if you were going to have one person, maybe just doing a second person, even if that person maybe 50%, maybe 75% is just sitting there doing nothing. But just to be able to make it that when someone has a question, they can just walk up, get the answer immediately, and then walk away and go back and enjoy the event experience and not have to spend time on, on the help desk. And and I'll, I'll say this as, you know, a millennial grew up helping their parents fix everything. The When you feel like that there's not a lot of time, right? Or they're asking you a question, you're going to, as a support person, sometimes try to find the quickest solution to get them to where they need to go. And sometimes you might just like end up helping fix that thing. But in reality, like I think where the future of these event supports and things like that is like sometimes also just being kind of the millennial in the family to help explain maybe a bigger piece of the technology, right? So for example, someone's like, yeah, every time I try to tap my phone to connect with that other attendee, it never works. And you know, the, the simple solution is, Putting something on the phone goes, oh, your Bluetooth's off, Bluetooth's on, here, you're good to go, fixed, right? And that would be probably the thing you'd want to do on site, just to turn and burn, get them out of here so I can get to the next person. But in reality, someone could say, hey, let me turn this into an educational moment for this attendee. So, so you have your Bluetooth off. Did, did you know you need that to connect? Oh, no, I didn't need that. Well, yeah, that, what's cool about this app is it actually uses it. You can actually connect with each other across the room if you want to, right? And, and someone's going to be like, wow, cool, thank you so much. And I think the thing is, too, is looking at event support as an extension of your event staff as well. Not just be, you know, it's, it's always so funny how sometimes we're like, yeah, we want them to be wearing, you know, the app shirt and things like that. So then that way when things don't go wrong, it wasn't the event planner's fault or whatever it is. But in reality is like for an attendee, they, they just think, they don't know, you know, what event app you're using. They don't know what production company you're using. They just see it as you. 
your event it's and the what experience. You're to do. It's all and part of the it's same all part thing, of the yeah. same experience, right? So I think the more that we can try to think in that same way when it comes to the staffing and stuff, that's how we're going to get attendees to feel amazing. And so I'll use one example um, of this is I think that the event, and I apologize because I know this is like probably my number one most mentioned event, is C2 <laughs> Montreal. I think they killed it. You know, I knew all the technologies. I knew what production companies they were using. I bet you most of those C-level people there didn't know what was going on. But one thing I absolutely loved, and this is about overstaffing and not letting one person know. They could have done the help desk, go up and ask questions. They used Click was their, was their platform. And they could have just set up a desk and said, hey, yeah, let's get the answers. But C2 was like, look, we want to make sure these people get VIP-level experiences. So what they did is they created concierge positions, and they assigned attendees to those, almost like a sales rep for every attendee was there. And what was so cool is I remember I showed up, and I had not used the app. I didn't read any of the instructions. I just showed up. and was like, I'm not sure what to do. And this, and I saw someone wearing like an orange vest, and I look, hey, I have a quick question. They're like, oh, yeah, I'm happy to help. And they're like, I asked them the question. They're like, oh, hey, cool. And they pulled my profile, and they go, oh, you know what? I'm actually not your concierge. I was like, I have a concierge for this? And they're like, yeah, let me introduce you to, you know, Joe. And they literally walked me over to Joe. Joe, this is Will. He's like, Will, oh my gosh, I've been emailing you. Why haven't you emailed me back? You know, and it made me feel like I had this one person I can go to and made me feel so comfortable with it. And for most people playing right now, they're like, how the heck am I going to afford to do this? I think each of those concierges had like 100 people, but they had only 100 people to worry about out of the 2,000 people that were there. And I think that was a great example of choosing not to do the one person sitting in the booth or five people sitting in the booth, but instead, hey, let's invest in 20 people and let's give them a more VIP experience. And I obviously I'm telling that story now, but I will tell that story a million times. And it made for such an event that I was literally like, I think in that one moment I chose I wanted to go back to this event again. Like even before I experienced the rest of the event, I just felt like I was like, I feel at home. I feel like I know what I'm doing. And I, and that's coming from a tech savvy guy who literally should have known how to use the app and probably could have read the email. <laughs> so Amen. <that's> <laughs> Amen. I, I think service <laughs> Sometimes we forget the service side of, of things, you know, especially, you know, you talk about software as a service and things like that. It's like, just remember the service part, okay? <laughs> just get the software part down. But let's not forget the service part. And I keep telling event platforms left and right. It's like people are willing to pay to have their hand held with a white glove. Um, there's always going to be those planners that love getting, you know, getting in there and getting dirty and, and, you know, doing all their own information input and all this kind of stuff and customizing everything. But there's far more that are willing to pay to, to have their hand held by a white glove. Sure. All right. I want to hear this last point that you had and maybe we can take us home after that. It, it, it yeah. So I'll try and keep it short, which I know is hard for me. Um, <laughs> the, the, the point that I want to make though, is despite everything that we've said today, it's also kind of a golden time for technology, you know, that, you know, we've come so far in such a short amount of time over these 18 months, uh, you know, of the pandemic, of what we're capable of doing, what one person is capable of doing. Like you said, all of those setups where people just have, you know, 14 computers around them and two, you know, three, you know, what I was doing, you know, was it one person short on the show that I was on? Yeah, but it was only one person short. And, you know, we still did a full live stream with multiple switchers and multiple presentations and multiple computers and video playback, all with one person. And it probably should have just been two. So despite everything that we've said today, it's also been it, there's never been a better time for the, the one man band that we're getting closer 
and closer to being able to do. And as this technology is commoditized, I mean, it just absolutely blows my mind that, you know, the A10 Mini is, what, 299 bucks for a four-channel seamless switcher that has the capability of doing picture-in-picture -picture and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then, like, the A10 Mini Extreme switcher, which is like the fancy, fancy, fancy version of that switcher is like a thousand bucks. I mean, it's, you know, these, yeah, these so things much. used to cost tens of thousands of dollars to be able to do that. And the power and the graphics capabilities that we're able to do with a MacBook Pro and, and an ATEM switcher is ludicrous compared to what we were, you know, kludging together 10 years ago in order to be able to do a panoramic screen and things like that. <laughs> so, so I just wanted to make that point too, that it's, you know, what we're capable of doing, what one person is capable of doing is pretty darn amazing. Um, but that being said, we'll, you know, bring it back full circle to the cautionary tale of just though, just because it can be done with one person <laughs> doesn't mean it should be done with <laughs> one so person. True. Preach, preach. Yeah. And I definitely think that just creating conversation around this is probably the biggest thing that you can do. Not always looking at the labor plan that they present to you as the labor plan that you have to do. And sometimes just having a conversation about it. We'll talk to me through what were these people doing? I think that's the best thing that you can do. Just have a conversation about it and don't get to the end of your event debrief and say, man, I wish we had more people or man, we had too many people. It should have been a conversation, I think, from the start. I would always rather be bored on a show because everything was going well and we were perfectly staffed than that flying around like everything. The wheels are going to come off at any moment because everybody's doing too much too fast. Um, any day of the week, I would be I would much rather be bored at a show than than be f flying because we have too few people. And I think that's where you also have to ask yourself, talk from a complete strategy standpoint is if that's true, if the, you don't want to have that experience of what they look like, um, I think that you need to ask yourself the question, what is that dollar amount worth to do that? Sometimes it's adding literally one other person might cost a thousand dollars. And if you say to yourself, I want a completely smooth show, I'd rather overstaff and it costs you a thousand dollars. I bet you most people here be like, that's a drop in the bucket of my hundred thousand, two hundred thousand dollar, you know, budget. And so, and you would say, you know, in terms of the ROI, not even just the cost, but like this is a million dollar ROI opportunity for us. It seems so small when it comes to it, but when you nitpick at it, I think it can seem quite big. So, amen. All right. All right. Well, um, I'd love to hear from anybody. If anyone has any crazy stories of one man band shows, shoot us an email, event tech podcast at hello endless.com or hashtag event tech podcast on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, wherever you are, we will be as well. Um, and, and as yeah. a follow up on that, let us know, should it have been <laughs> and should, a one yeah. person show? So not only did, was it a one man, one woman, one person show, but should it have been a one person show? Boom. Exactly. There's your call to action, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning. Brant, thanks so much for doing this episode with me. And as disgusting as you are today. <laughs> <laughs> I feel kind of, my, my allergies are acting up as usual, so I'm getting all raspy. Sound kind of disgusting today, don't I? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So raspy. So raspy. And also thank you to Certain as well for sponsoring today's episode as well. So, all right, let's get out of here. We'll go back and we're going to go back to our nerdy uh, caves of uh production and technology <laughs> and we'll see you all next time on the event tech podcast out thanks again for listening to the event tech podcast be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcasting app also be sure to head to eventtechpodcast.com and leave us a comment about this week's episode. Ask a follow-up question or let us know about some event tech we need to talk about.
We'll see you next week on the Event Tech Podcast.